0: What did you think about the kids' club announcements, Erin?
1: I want to go on the slide while they let me (laughs) on (laughs) the slide. I get stuck on the slide.
0: back everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast and we cannot be more excited to welcome back a repeat guest aaron foster the co-author of the unofficial guide to disney cruise line and as you can probably guess based on last week's announcements we are excited to talk to aaron about the disney wish announcements that came out on april 29th and so and get her reactions and opinions to that so we start by welcoming aaron back to our
1: show welcome aaron Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: We're so excited to talk to you about The Wish.
1: I'm excited to talk about The Wish, too. I'm excited to go on The Wish. You know, (laughs) only a year to wait.
0: Well, and I just wanted to let our listeners know we're talking to Erin, who's now at Walt Disney World right now. So she's graciously giving us part of her vacation time to talk to us about the wish. So we are going to try to be efficient with her time and just get her reactions to some of the announcements from last week. But Erin, before we dive in, can you just remind folks your your background a little bit with the cruise line? I, I gave them at the top of the show that you're the author of the unofficial guides, but how many Disney cruises have you been on and what kind of itineraries, that sort of thing? I
1: think I'm around 20 something. I don't actually remember right now. I got to go check my castaway thing to see what day I can reserve my wish reservation because it's all tiered uh what day you can what day you can call in and I've been uh, on all four ships multiple times I've been Mediterranean two different northern european ones Alaska several different caribbean routes so pretty pretty much the, the gamut
0: for listeners out there, you can reach back into our catalog for I think it's actually two episodes we had with Erin. One on Disney Cruise Line and the unofficial guide, and one on her experience with Adventures by Disney. And both were
1: oh
0: yeah, yeah, both were really fun shows.
1: Yeah, I've done I've done some um, Adventures by Disney embeds in the in the DCL as well. So those are awesome.
0: Let's dive into our main topic tonight so that we have plenty of time to spend with you on that. So we're going to talk about the Disney Wish announcements, and I'm going to start where Disney did, and then we'll just kind of see where the conversation goes from there. But they headed straight to the pool deck, which I thought was a really interesting place to start the conversation for Disney Cruise Line. But they headed up to the pool deck and gave us a little bit of a rendering of what looked like multiple tiered pools and the new Aquamouse ride and even dropped in the uh, a little bit about the Hero Zone, as I recall. And so, Aaron, what did you think about the revamp of the uh, the pool deck up there?
1: I'm trying to figure out what the Aquamouse is. Like, is it like a long slide where they're showing cartoons on the inside? And then Julia Moscardo, who I, works with me at Touring Plans, she's a, the blog guru. She was like looking at the deck plans and she's like, the goofy pool's here and there's like other pools on another deck. I'm just, it, you know, it's hard to sort of, what does it all mean? <laughs> good question
2: what does it all mean
1: (laughs) and then the toy the toy story splash zone for the the toddlers you know and there's obviously adult pools but i'm what i'm most personally fascinated about like how are they integrating like the cartoons into the water slide thing like that that I'm having a hard time picturing what that's going to be like.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering if there's some kind of screen projection on, like, on the tube. Like, and it looks like at least one of the pictures. It looked like it was not just floating in water, but that you were on some kind of, like, I don't know, like it was on a track or something. That's what, just, just one of the pictures looked like there was some track. But that's often where, like, they're pulling you up on a tube. So I, I don't know. It looks um, really interesting, though.
1: And one thing, Julia, in some, you know, she was like deep diving into the website. And she said, and then after the, at the end of it, you splash into a lazy river. And she's like texting me in all caps. Is there a lazy river? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't see that either. I don't no, know. <laughs> she,
1: she was like, she was in it, and and she's like, there's a lazy river. I'm like, where are they putting a lazy river on a ship? But you know, we shall see.
0: <laughs> well, it, it'll be interesting to see if the d- design of the pool deck helps alleviate kids' suit problem that they've had with some of their pools, yeah. or if it just makes it worse because it's a bunch of smaller play There's lots of interesting things there. I, I personally think the water slide almost the way they were describing it and the way it looked in some of the renderings it was almost like a cross between the aqueduct and like Mickey and Minnie's runaway rail or something. So it'll be interesting. I was kind of excited about the hero zone, Aaron. I don't know if you did much reading on that, but it Certainly sounds like a more enclosed, multi-purpose space on board as opposed to the basketball courts, the open-air basketball courts up there. But I don't know if you had any reaction to the uh, the hero zone and the description they gave of it.
1: Yes, and I'm trying to figure out. Oh, there's no mini golf. That's what it was. That like that was taking the place of the mini golf space. I don't know that much about that one. That's a that's a um, hero zone. I assume it. Assume you know mentions uh, Marvel somehow. But I, I that's one area that I have not explored very much. In depth. So I'm curious to find out what, what it all means.
0: And it was interesting to see them move the adult pools from the front of the ship to the back of the ship as well to a dedicated adult space. And concierge finally gets their own pools, I suppose. So yeah. 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 Well, speaking of concierge and rooms, that was a, at least a piece of the announcement was the new redesigned rooms. I don't know if you've had a chance, Aaron, to look at any of the renderings and had any reaction to some of the rooms and and the announcements around the uh the new Two story royal suites
1: are putting on board. Yeah, I did, and it, I found it so interesting that they spent so much time on that. I mean, there's just a handful of those rooms, and I get that they're like big money. You know, people the people that are going to stay in those rooms are just going to open up their wallets and bleed. But I, I wish I had, they had talked more about the the human rooms, like the rooms that the regular people <laughs> are stay in. Um, I love that you're calling a human room? <laughs> those are the hero rooms. Um, <laughs> You know, two stories, and and I saw some rendering where the shower is a glass window out to the port. I'm like, sometimes you're docked and people can see in. I don't know what does that mean, but I just thought it was really interesting that they spent so, so much time on the concierge rooms and not so much time showing renderings of or talking about, are there family staterooms? Are there going to be more staterooms that sleep families of four, or I'm sorry, five or six? You know, are there going to be more connecting rooms? I thought it was interesting that I don't think there are the the virtual portholes in the inside staterooms, like there are in the dream and fantasy. Um, I just wish they had given a little more detail about the human rooms. What are you know? What are the, the people on some sort of a human-sized budget? What are those rooms going to be like? The concierge rooms. Yes, yeah. somebody wants to put me in a concierge room. Please, sure. Yeah, I'm happy to go. But uh, I want I want to hear more about the the rest of the staterooms as well.
2: I wonder if that's because they really haven't made a lot of changes to the layouts of of those. Of the human rooms, as you call them. And (laughs) I agree, those are the human rooms, since those are what most of us can afford to stay in. um, And even that's hard because the the prices obviously are much higher than competitor cruise lines. But yeah, yeah, I I wonder if it's just that there really aren't that many differences. And so they want to give a lot of focus on the things that are new and and that's at the high end of the rooms. But I think your point is well taken. I don't don't think we have any magic portholes based on what, what we saw
1: you know it's a fair point that there may not be that many different things but even just like you know one of the one of the fabrics like i was actually 10 10 years ago a long time ago invited in new york to the unveiling of the like the plans for the dream and they had these like giant boards you know easels with like swatches of the fabric and you know uh ice, like an ice sculpture of the you know statue in the atrium like it was just like a lot of tactile interactive stuff that i had sort of wanted to see you know the The film version of that. And I guess they're just not there yet or they're trying to meet it out in dribs and drabs to keep people enticed for the next year. But I wanted to see, you know, what are are, are the fabrics like? Are they going to do different kinds of soap dispensers? I, I don't know. I mean, I love that kind of little detail, but I'm sure time will tell.
0: Speaking of deep dives and inhuman rooms, I know Scott Sanders over at the Disney Cruise Line blog picked up on uh-huh. something in the booking tool around a stateroom on level 14 that's being described as a category, I think, 1A on his website, um, uh-huh. a tower suite. And based on the deck plans, the only place we could see that going is in some space that's in a funnel, in the false funnel. And so we're kind of curious to see if there's going to be an inhuman level room uh, <laughs> beyond the reach of all of us mere mortals in the funnel of the of the new <laughs> ship
1: where mickey lives
0: yeah (laughs) for sure
1: or where cinderella lives (laughs) (laughs) godmother
0: true true well so stay tuned for more about that i suppose Well, so we've talked about pool deck. We have talked about rooms. I think they made a big deal about the theaters as well. And it looks like they've got, you know, the typical main theater. Uh, The deck plans show two movie theaters instead of one. And then this new space called Luna, which they've kind of described as evolving from day to night from family entertainment, potentially into some adult entertainment, I believe. So do you have any reaction to the announcements around the theater and the shows on board? They only announced Aladdin and two shows coming. I know,
1: I know. The render of the Walt Disney Theater, it looks beautiful. I, I, Aladdin is, you know, it's fine. It's not my favorite. I don't know. I wish Frozen were the one they kept, but I'm dying to see what the other two are. You know, the, the, the theaters are my thing on, on land. So I assume that they're going to do, you know, like a, a an existing Disney story as opposed to one of those jukebox ones, like the, the Believe or whatever, where they stick, you know, seven songs from seven different shows all in in one or maybe they'll just create something totally new which would be sort of interesting as well and then the two movie theaters that they announced they still like they were going to be small to me. Yeah, it looked it looked
0: like two smaller versions of the yeah. the movie theaters. It, it, oh, someone commented that I talked to you know oh the the movie theaters were never really full to begin with, and I was like that that's true except when they're showing a movie that everybody wants to see and then the place is packed. So right, right,
2: like right. The new releases when they show like one of the Marvel movies, like we saw, I think Infinity War or Endgame. I can't remember. We saw one of them on board, and it was a brand new movie. Like it wasn't opening that week, but we. We saw it, you know, a couple weeks after it had just come out in the theaters. And that was great. Right.
1: right. Or I've even like had had them occasionally do overflow bingo in one of those um, theaters, <laughs> you know. And then the Luna, I, I, I'm trying to figure like, where is it? Is it sort of like Promenade or is it like right in the atrium or, you know?
0: It's right across from. So the, the rendering on the deck plan shows like what I'm going to call a theater district. So it's you've got the big Walt Disney Theater. And mm-hmm. then as you exit. To the left and the right are the two smaller movie theaters on board. And then, basically, directly opposite the Walt Disney Theater is this Luna Theater, which I think from the deck renderings we can tell Samurai is two stories tall.
2: Yes, it's two stories. It's two stories tall, and it sounds like it's like a, another performance space. Although it also sounds like it might be like a replacement for D Lounge. So it, that's, it,
1: it, as you said that, that was like, is it D Lounge?
2: Yeah, I. But it's it's two story with you know like balcony seating. I think too. So I think it's going to be like a theater space, but also like a d lounge space so like the family space maybe for day and evening but maybe for smaller shows so i don't know maybe we'll see like some of the variety acts might play there but also karaoke might happen there i'm not sure kind of hard to know exactly what what it's going to be but that's the only space i can think of that sort of replaces d lounge because they didn't Mm -hmm. well there was nothing else that they announced that would that was d lounge or d lounge like
1: right that makes sense Two stories. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, the wheels are turning in the back of my head.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it struck me that it seems like they're spreading out the adult areas a little bit on the ship. You know, notably, we'll, we'll talk in a second, I guess, about the hyperspace lounge is off yeah, the lobby. Yeah. This other theater sounds like it could eventually be doing some adult shows in the evenings. To, I, I don't know, maybe they're moving away from the kind of adult district. But, I you know, who knows? They still haven't announced all of, all of the venues on board. Uh-huh. Well, I guess since we since I mentioned it, Erin, how are you feeling about Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge on board The Wish?
1: I'm a Star Wars person, so that's all good with me. <laughs> and it, it's interesting that it's a, I assume it's like a bar, And but how are they going to keep like the 12-year-old boys out? Sounds like it's going to be like Oga's Cantina, but like on the ship. So that totally yeah. works for me.
0: Yeah, and, and I think they said in the, during the day, they're actually going to have some family time so okay. that you can bring kids in which i thought was i thought was nice right because you can't bring kids into skyline lounge i think there were probably kids i right. think that that yeah. was a pretty cool venue well and speaking of kids i guess off the lobby they announced a kids club with a slide down into the uh down into the kids club moving the kids club off of deck what is it? it's deck five right now and in-
2: five on the dream and the fantasy yeah
0: so moving it down moving into it the down ship to two yeah Probably about where Enchanted Garden would be on the fantasy and they've they've eliminated the restaurant in the second floor of the ship. So moving the Kids Club down into the ship, opening up some primetime real estate. What, what did you think about the Kids Club announcements, Aaron?
1: I want to go on the slide while they let me on. So <laughs> <laughs> like it's stuck on the slide. Um, yeah, it, sounded, it sounded, the slide sounded pretty awesome, but otherwise it, it sounded fairly similar to some of the other ships i mean they have the, the engineering zone and the marvel zone and the there's like a princess zone right and some of that sounded similar although i'm sure they'll have more bells and whistles and, and that sort of thing i would like to hear, hear more about vibe and edge as well i mean what are they going to do for the for the older kids but yeah i mean it sounds like a awesome disney play area and i want to go on the slide please let <laughs>
0: open house right open house parents go down the slide right? Yeah.
1: exactly
0: <laughs> yeah what did you think about the it down further in the ship my first reaction was that's i actually think that's a good move but at the same time i was also thinking about uh parents having to wander down to deck two to get the kids out and well, I,
1: i'm trying to figure out which, which ship had was an edge on two on one of the ships and then they moved it up i feel like that happened um but yeah i mean it's i kind of actually like walking past some of the kids' areas that, you know, like you can sort of, as you go about your day, you walk in, like you can sort of peek in and watch the kids having fun. And you wouldn't normally do that if you were going down to two, unless you had a reason to do that. So maybe it's a safety factor. I I don't know, but yeah, I, it it does probably make sense from a using the real estate in a in a different way on the sort of main higher decks for more you know more family space or more adult space. I guess that's how they're allocating it, and I think maybe they don't want to have as many of the. Um, you know the state rooms at a lower level and maybe it's a way to get more of the, the upper deck, you know, the bigger ocean view portholes and, and more verandas. Maybe that's part of the, the calculus as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: That makes a lot of sense on deck maybe deck five has more of those now because mm-hmm. before having, you know, having a lot of the real estate taken up by the kids' clubs. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what edge and vibe are going to look like as you said they, they didn't show us anything, but I could also see them having like the edge and vibe or take over hyperspace lounge for a few hours in the middle of the
1: day or something like that. I, I yeah, absolutely I'm sure yes. Yeah
0: should definitely move over to restaurants. Why don't we start with, they announced the new Beauty and the Beast bar. I will say as a replacement, I believe, for Meridian, but not located where Meridian. Yeah, where Meridian normally yeah. is. It's been moved over to the side of the ship. And then we got two new adult dining venues, Palo as a steakhouse, and then Enchante. Enchante. <laughs> Enchante from a three Michelin-starred <laughs> chef. French menu kind of arrangement, sort of like Remy, but based on Lumiere. What do you think, Aaron, about the announcements around the adult dining?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm up to date. Don- It it was interesting to me that it was all Beauty and the Beast. It sort of reminds me of the—I'm going to get the name wrong—the lounge that's now in the Grand Floridian. Right. That it's it's going to feel like that, which is a—it's a beautiful are there in the grand floridian so i think that that's probably what they're modeling it after but i thought i thought it was interesting like one of the restaurants is cogsworth and one of the restaurants is lumiere like i get the whole being the beast thing but it's like how do you theme the restaurants around the clock or you know what is it what are there <laughs> going to be clock motifs everywhere or like uh i'm you know it's sort of i'm late i'm late for a very important date that's a <laughs> am movie but you know i mean yeah and and, and also interesting that paolo is a is a steakhouse because the Paolo, you know, the name Paolo is from like the barber pole in the in the Italian story, you know, they have a whole story and now it seems like they are bearing off the story, which is sort of un Disney like in a way.
2: Yeah. It's yeah, it's the the Venetian, the poles in, in right. Venice. Yeah. Right. I, right. I, I agree. I think it's a a little weird to marry also Italian food with the beauty and the beast French Right. Theme, right? Like and, and how does Costa work you know? in British? Yeah. Right. And and right. as British Cogsworth fit into that, like that, right. that <laughs> seems a little, a little off. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Although I like the I mean, I'm sure food will here. be great, you know, yeah. but.
2: I, I
0: think for me, it would have been like, rename it. Like, don't call it Palo. Right. Like, it,
1: right. Exactly, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I mean, they obviously didn't call it Remy, you know, and then do something different with it. So like, call it something different. Right. I, I'm probably more excited to see what Enchante will bring. Uh, we're always up for the fine dining end of things on Disney Cruise Line. Um, I, I thought it was interesting to announce the concepts, but not say much about the menus. And I would love to sort of see, okay, so what are you going to be doing with the menus in these restaurants? Like, what is that going to look like? So, um,
1: One little article I just found from a, a publication called Veg News was that they're going to be really making an effort to create food on the wish for vegan, which it's pretty you know, easy on... Um, you know, the existing ships to eat vegetarian, but it's a little more challenging for vegans, particularly in the higher end restaurants. Like if you go to Remy and you want to eat vegan, it's really tough. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to accommodate that Sort of thing in the higher end restaurants, as well as in the main dining rooms or in quick service.
0: Although, although coming out of the gate with a steakhouse does not bode well for the vegans. No, so that's, yeah. not, that's
1: true. <laughs> fair point. I just found kind it of fascinating though, that like every niche of publication was trying to get in on this story. You know, it's like okay, well the, tra- the travel venues, it makes sense. The cruise venues, it makes sense. Like the vegan news really wants to get in on the wish story, you know. <laughs>
0: Well, let's transition down into the regular dining venue. So across the board, kind of three new restaurants. We did not get another animators on board, although certainly the Marvel restaurant appears to be the substitute for that. We got a frozen restaurant, which is going to be sort of like the Tiana's Place or the Rapunzel's uh, Royal Table or however, I forget the name of it, uh, on board. And then the replacement for Royal Court is 1923, which reminded me a lot of like a Carthay Circle or... uh,
1: Uh, I thought Brown Derby.
0: Yeah. Hollywood Brown Derby. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think, Erin, about the new rotational dining offerings?
1: I want to know if there's going to be soap suds in my food at Frozen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they've got to have like the fake snow. It's their big, you know, their big finale of whatever. Let it go. You know, that sort of thing. Um, I I hope you clear the dessert first. Um, You know, I, I think I love the Frozen show that's on the ship and I think they're doing great. Incredible things with projections. So I can imagine by the end, you can, you know, you'll see icicles hanging from the ceiling or whatever. And then they have on some of the cruises, there's like a frozen menu, like an Olaf carrot sundae or something. So I think that that's pretty easy and that's sort of a no brainer. You know, I think it's good that they have one that's not so overtly themed. You know what I mean? I mean, not that the 1923 thing isn't a theme, but it's just, just like a nice sort of calmer restaurant because not everybody wants to be deeply immersed in a movie you know i mean so i think it's good that they kept one sort of more just like like a restaurant you know what i mean as opposed yeah. to being um theme park while you're eating i also am a little bit worried about noise levels sometimes on the on the shift dining rooms are a little particularly like tiana's where where there's performance going on it's a little bit hard to have a conversation i think that the 1923 will be good for just sort of keeping a, a human noise level um but you know I'm just dying to see what they're going to do with Frozen again. Are, is there going to be snow in the? Are they going to turn up the air conditioning to make it colder in that one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marvel. I was sort of joking, like a couple days before they made this announcement on. Twitter. I was I was joking that what I would love to see instead of animators was a, a Wandavision sort of thing where like instead of you know, changing the, the colors, it would be like like one era is like 1950s dishware and it's like then dessert is the 1970s. I don't know. I was just trying to play around with it. But so the Marvel thing is sort of in that in that zone. You know, I, I'm curious to to see what the decor will be like. like you know, is it is it are you going to be in some Iron Man workshop or is there going to be spider-man oh ashley in the video said that there was going to be some sort of spider-man element somewhere so are there going to be like shooting webs i don't know very curious to see yeah
2: i love your idea aaron i if disney is listening <laughs> aaron's idea sounds awesome uh <laughs> they probably have it
1: all planned already so <laughs> <laughs> true true I,
0: I love the WandaVision vision idea because i i thought it would be fun to do like tv dinners as a main core you know like they could do some interesting yeah. fun things with the food it would be fun uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it'll also be interesting to see they're going so all in on Avengers right now and Marvel at the parks and on the ship. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that concept and how malleable it is over time, given how often they're sort of changing the focus of the characters in the Marvel universe and, you know, who's really, who's popular right now kind of thing. So, well, they're kind of setting up, I'm curious, Aaron, what you think about some of the announcements in relation to the itinerary. So it's, you know, they're going to be three and four night cruises, which sets up some, the mix of rotational dining and the new adult dining, that's setting up some, I'll say Sophie's choices for people who want to go on these ships. Yeah,
1: I think that's, they're, they're trying to work on getting repeat guests who want to come back for several trips or, um, you know, people maybe wanting to book back to back. You know, people people like to, to do it again and again and again. And so I assume it's going to do sort of the, the dream itineraries, basically. It's like you're going to test the key and that's on... So that the attraction will be on the ship if you've done that sort of itinerary many times. So people will go back and want to experience like the, the different restaurants many times as opposed to going on shore even.
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think that's right. It is just interesting to me. There's no way to fit it all in on a three-night cruise. There's just no way. It looks like they adjusted some of the adult dining spaces to accommodate that from a size standpoint. They don't look as big on board. I don't know if you if you caught that either.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay,
2: it's it's hard to tell, but the yeah. the way that they are just doesn't look like they come out as far into the ship. It looks like, if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm not looking at the, the thing right now, that Palo kind of wraps around further and then the Enchante is like maybe a smaller chunk. That's what I remember from looking at the ship. You know, um,
1: if, it, if they're smaller, I wonder if it's going to be a lot harder for new cruisers to get a reservation. You know, like the obviously the Platinums and the, the Golds and then get first crack at it. So maybe people won't be able to dine at those their first couple of cruises. And so that's a, that's a reason to keep going back.
2: And it, it might be that Palo isn't smaller, but it sure looks like Enchante is smaller. That's what I will say. It's hard to tell, but I would say it, it looks. It definitely looks like Enchante is smaller, and it might be that Paulo is smaller, or it might be that Palo is the same, which is hard to kind of judge.
0: Well, speaking of the importance of Castaway Club status, Erin, what did you think about the announcement that they're going to be tearing the booking out for over a week for Platinum Cruisers?
1: It makes sense from their perspective, that they want to reward their, you know, their, their biggest ticket people. It's a little frustrating. Probably some people have worked really hard to get to the, the 10 platinum level and they're like, oh, uh, you know, then they, they feel like, you know, second, third, whatever class citizens, because, um, you know, I, I, I wonder if the first couple of sailings are going to get completely sold out by the, the 25 plus level people. I don't really have a sense of how many people that is. I mean, I know there are lots of them, but, um, you know, people are going to be frustrated the first couple of days. They, they just are.
0: I mean, the other the other thing that people have, have responded to negatively a little bit was bumping DVC up over silver castaway club and also the dvc folks get their own cruise second cruise out as a dvc charter yeah Yep. So that I thought that was, I thought it was interesting both that they chose to do a DVC charter on the second cruise, but also that they gave DVC priority over Silver Castaway Club members. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. If you're a DVC member who's never sailed before, you get to book before Silver. That's, that that could be really frustrating, I think. So, yeah. and,
2: and same with ABD alums. So, if you've been on ABD one, you're in the same c- class, I think, as DVC, even if so, you've never right. been on a DCL cruise.
1: I wonder if it's they're trying to cross sell. You know, they think that if you get if if somebody is you know, I don't know, it doesn't make sense for D V C because there's so many D B C members, but like APD, if they've been on A B D oh you must love D you know, DCL. It's I'm sure they've studied this, I'm sure they've focus grouped it. It is a little confusing from the outside though. I totally agree.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's more about dollars spent with Disney, if that makes sense. I mean, because the minimum buy-in for DVC these days is like 125 points, and probably you know at 190 ish dollar. I mean, you're you're gonna have spent twenty three, twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars with Disney at this point yeah. to get become yeah. DVC, and one cruise on DCL makes you silver. At least for gold, you have to have done five. So you know, I'm, I'm wondering right. if they're starting to sort of tear it out by how much money have you spent <laughs> with Disney, right. yeah. and we'll reward yeah. you for that. Sam, what haven't we asked about out of the wish announcements? That we want to get Aaron's opinion on
2: the grand, the grand, oh, the hall. grand hall. Yeah,
0: the grand yeah, hall. Yeah, ask
2: what you think about the grand hall, the the big staircase, the theming of it. What were your the stage.
0: impressions? The stage too. The stage. The
1: stage. Oh That's, yeah. that's I, I was just talking about stage before, and I and I was thinking about the wrong stage. The stage in the in the atrium. You know, the the sh- whenever there's poor weather, they do the sort of you know sail away welcome the holiday whatever in the atrium, or there's always dance parties in the atrium or whatever. I think the stage hopefully will get rid of some of the the crowding feeling there and then i'm trying to figure out like you know whenever they do some sort of you know they have like a singer or the violin player in the atrium or whatever and it blocks the entrance to the restaurant maybe that's to sort of alleviate some crowding but the, the cinderella statue looks beautiful the the, the metalwork and the railings look beautiful yeah i'm sure it's going to be gorgeous you know <laughs> One thing from the layout that we noticed was that there appears only to be two elevator banks and not three. And I'm wondering if how that will also affect traffic flow in addition to the sort of scattering of some of the different um, areas. There are more actual elevators, but there are no midship elevators exactly. Maybe it was either two or four more actual elevators, but there were just two sets of them as opposed to three sets.
2: If there are only two elevator banks, does that mean there's only two staircases? And will those get really crowded? Right. Right. One of the other things I wanted to ask is what you thought about the relocating of the rotational dining to Brian, you know, brought it up that the kids club is moved. But as a result, that also means there's not a, a, a restaurant down on deck two. the restaurants are a little bit higher up.
1: I you know I don't always love going down to Enchanted Garden. Like I, I feel sometimes like cattle there waiting, you know, for them to open or whatever. Um, so, I like maybe that'll have people will you know be able to move around a little um, as opposed to just sort of herding to wait for their their dining you know uh, time to open i don't I don't mind that i like I like having the dining sort of more more on a higher level.
0: I'm curious, Aaron. The question has come up now a few times, given that there are three and four night cruises and there's so many restaurants that will have a show aspect to their meals. Do you think there will be pirate nights on these cruises or are pirate nights going to become a thing Mm, of the past?
1: That's a really good question. Really good question. You guys are good. Uh,
2: (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, I'm crossing my fingers (laughs) No. Yeah,
1: probably not. Yeah. Is fireworks at night or, you know... Nikki on the zip line, are those things a thing of the past? Or are they going to be replaced with something even better? I don't know. Interesting. A lot of this feels like they took lessons from the specialty cruises that they've added over the last, say, five years, like the frozen cruises and they Marvel cruises and the Star Wars cruises. And I'm sure they've sort of like field tested some of the things that are going to end up on the wish that they've done for those special cruises the last several years.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it. It it feels like the culmination of that. Because, I mean, the Marvel Days at Sea, Star Wars Days of Sea, have been pretty popular. The culmination of what they're doing in the parks, lots of Star Wars, lots of Marvel going mm-hmm. into the parks. It seems like they're drawing from what they've done in the parks. I mean, to your point, it's like Ogus Cantina crossed probably yeah. with the screens that we'll see in the Star Wars hotel. I mean, they're, it seems to be like they're feeding on some of what... Yeah. They, and, and even the water slide feels like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how much they're drawing on the parks to do some of this stuff. You know, I think to your point earlier, I thought it was interesting kind of what they didn't say. So I, I was really hoping we'd hear something more about the stateroom, something about upgraded amenities or technology on board. I didn't hear anything about... I, I keep hoping and praying that they'll do something like the Princess Sea Medallions or something like that on board Disney. Yeah, cruise line. I,
1: I would love... Tell me about the free Wi-Fi that I want. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. One of the things that you're saying is a little- little concerning for the sort of adult relaxation market. You know, I mean, it seems obviously Disney is a family cruise line and they do that incredibly, incredibly well. But also it's very appealing to say groups of women or single women who want to go and feel safe, but also relax and enjoy adult things. And it a little bit sounds like they're theme parkifying the adult spaces more too and not everybody wants that i hope that they still make spaces where you can you know just sort of be quiet and read a book and stare at the sea and have a nice cocktail not have it all be theme park which obviously i'm sitting here at the theme park right now so i love it but but sometimes you want your cruise to be a relaxing cruise and not like theme park at sea you know what i mean
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we—that's why I want to see—is the rose replacing the champagne bar? I'll be kind of bummed if that's the case, right? Like, I right, would like—I want to right. I see: Do they have a champagne bar? Do they have a sports bar or a piano bar? You know, what are they going to have that is going mm-hmm. to be a nice, relaxing, quiet adult space? What is the Cove Cafe going to look like, or is it? You know, is there going to be a replacement for that, right? Like, what are the relaxing—and we know Census Spa is going to be on there, so that we, mm-hmm. we don't have anything to worry about. There's not going to be like toy story vomited <laughs> all over senses spot, but but what, would you like what a massage from woody or buzz I oh no it'll oh, be my. it'll be um bu- uh bullseye <laughs> he'll walk on your back <laughs> no but i mean okay. there's there's gonna be we we know there well i'm, ho- I'm just crossing my fingers there will be some adult spaces that are not decked out and, or at least right. tastefully done like what looks like the rose will will you know look like mm-hmm. but you know to your point we, we haven't seen too much of
1: that so we have to kind of wait and hold our breaths a little bit on that i understand why they've announced the things they've announced because they're sort of the big splashy things but i hope they have non-splashy things to announce as well later on you know yeah
2: yeah, we've painted. got we've got to we've got to keep the faith on that, right? Right. I have a question for you. What is the thing that wowed you? I guess of all the things that they announced, what is the thing that you got the most excited about in watching that? You know, thirty-minute video. I,
1: I'm mostly, I was very intrigued by the the Aquamouse thing. You know, I guess it, I I was intrigued by the things that they didn't answer all the questions for. So, like, I can picture what a frozen restaurant will look like. It's harder for me to picture how they're going to execute the marvel restaurant so i'm i'm intrigued to see that i don't know i just have a lot i have lots more questions like i keep thinking all my questions will be answered and every time they tell me something i have more questions which i guess is i guess is good you know it leaves me wanting more and it makes me want to go book cruises and tell my friends to go book cruises so they're doing their job you know
2: yeah absolutely they gave us a lot of they gave us some nice tastes or nibbles but without mm-hmm. handing us the grilled cheese sandwich
1: yeah
0: Well, I'm curious, Aaron, since you mentioned it before that you had seen... You had been a part of kind of the dream reveal in New York when that happened. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they gave you the same amount of information this time around that they did back then? And and the reason I ask is, it's really interesting to me. This cruise is going to go on sale or crews cruise going to go on sale on the ship in, what is it now? 15 days. And there's still mm-hmm. going to be more information coming. And I don't want to kid myself into thinking that people aren't going to sell this thing out. There's nothing more people need to be sold other than the Disney Wish is coming and they'll buy rooms. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but do you feel like you have the same level of information you did about the dream and the Wish at? Th- at this point in time
1: I feel totally it's t- it's the same amount of information but like I feel like I know more about the theming of the wish and I feel like I knew more about like the dishes and the linens that kind of thing uh, for the dream like I feel like they're telling like what the whole ship is going to be like as opposed to for the dream I felt like they were going to tell you what your experience was going to be like in your stateroom. like were you going to was your bed going to be comfortable was your you know was, was it going to be pretty in your room and I don't feel like yes, I know that the concierge things are going to be pretty, but I don't know. Like I guess I guess we did see for the um you know the the bursts that pull down there is going to be the constellation above. I don't know. I just feel like I want to know more about what the sort of day to day experience is like for a human as opposed to like the big splashiness of it all. But yes, they can take my money. I'm going to
2: sign up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We are for sure. not surprised, Aaron. <laughs> well, and you've got to write about it anyway, right? So. Exactly. It's my job. I have to go. It's my job. It's research. <laughs> it's research. <laughs> uh,
0: well, on that note, Erin, uh, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us about The Wish. I'm going to throw it over to Sam to do a little bit of rapid fire with you before we let you go this evening. So Sam, you want to take it away?
2: Yeah. So Aaron, you've done rapid fire before, but we done it cruise line focused so instead we're we're going to veer away from the cruise since you are at disney world right now and so i'm gonna gonna
1: oh my god it's so much pressure okay
2: (laughs) so i'm i'm just gonna ask you parks favorites for this one and so Like, no right answers. These are just your personal favorites. So okay. the first question is actually kind of controversial. So this is Disneyland versus Disney World.
1: Well, I have to say Disney World. i have only actually, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad Disney person, but I've only been to Disneyland twice. And I've been to Disney World hundreds and hundreds of times. So <laughs> I would love to get back. I don't know when I will be able to do that, but I, I'm a Disney World girl.
2: Fair enough. Favorite
1: park? I'm going to go with Epcot. That's where I was there. I can see it from my room kind of thing. Um, <laughs> oh, nice.
2: Uh, Favorite land at any of the
1: parks? You no, know, my, my first thing that popped in my head was Tomorrowland, and I don't know why. I, I, I love the Carousel of Progress. I like the People Mover. I like those classic classic uh, sci-fi sort of things that, that makes me think of Tomorrowland.
2: Okay, this perfect lead into the next question, which is favorite classic ride or attraction?
1: I have to say that what I, what I always do is Carousel Progress. I don't know. It just it like makes me feel comfortable. It makes me, you know, it makes me think of Walt and it, I think it's funny that they're trying to talk about the future and the future's already past. I don't know. It's just, and it's love. I love the air conditioning. It's like, it's one of those things that I always try to do every trip.
0: I saw someone propose on Twitter or to pull a thread from earlier in the show, Aaron, uh, could they convert Carousel of Progress over to a WandaVision
1: ride?
2: Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> um, okay, favorite modern ride or attraction?
1: Well, I want to see like what the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. I mean, I mostly I'm like I was talking about Epcot a second ago, and my husband and I just like ten minutes before I got on the phone with you, we were on the Skyliner and we were like looking at the the Rami ride in Epcot, and we're like, why isn't that open? Please open! Them. I want to open it! I don't know. I'm just like excited for all the future things. Know, I'm not giving you a good answer, but I want That's, I want I want the new stuff. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> well are you are
2: you are you a fan of Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run over at oh, Galaxy's gosh, Edge? Of course.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm a Star Wars person. Yes. The, yeah. the Rise with the Resistance is, is incredible. It's an incredible ride. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Favorite park snack. This is this can also be a, a big divider, I think, between people. Oh so
1: oh my <laughs> my. so many. You no, know, I'll go with Dole Lip today. Today I'm today I'm feeling Dole Lip. Um, Fair
2: enough. All right. Favorite quick serve restaurant.
1: I'm going to go controversial these days. I actually have had really good luck recently at the ABC Commissary at Hollywood Studios. It's just like really good, real food. One of my favorites before has always been Columbia Harbor House, but it has not been opened in the last year. So I'm missing that. But ABC Commissary has really stepped up their game lately. I've had a lot of good luck there.
2: Favorite sit-down
1: restaurant? So many to choose from. I like Brown Derby. I like Chico, I like Sanab. Like the Animal Kingdom Lodge has really great sedan restaurants. They're all good there. That's all I'll go with today.
2: Favorite resort?
1: My home resort, speaking of DVC, is the Wilderness Lodge. And it has a, has a very, very happy place in my heart. I, it's my favorite theming. But I don't always stay there because it's sometimes not the most convenient. So if I can get in to beach club or boardwalk, that's usually where I end up choosing to stay. But my favorite theming is a blueberry sludge.
2: Favorite Disney souvenir?
1: Well, back in the day, I got really, really, really deep into vinylmation land, and I am thrilled that they don't make them anymore, so that I can stop buying them. <laughs> but back in the day, and in my home office, and in my attic, and in my garage, I have well over a thousand vinylmations of which someday oh. my children will have to sell for me. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, they was only okay. like five years and I went hard during five. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Last question is just a memorable Disney Parks moment.
1: Okay. So this is a personal story. But when my oldest daughter, who is in law school right now, when she was six, we went to the beer garden in Germany in Epcot. And they had the, you know, they had the Oompa band and they wanted to pick a kid out of the audience to come up on stage and like conduct the band, you know, and they happened to pull her up. The guy starts, the the band leader starts talking to her and she... Commanded the audience when she was six. Like she talked like she was an adult, and it was the first time my husband and I had sort of seen that side of her. Like I can talk in front of a crowd and not be scared. And she turned into somebody who was like a debate champion as an in law school and likes to talk for a living in front of people. And it was like that little glimmer of something that randomly happened at the beer garden because they pulled her on stage. Like that was our first insight into who she would become as like a like a grown up person. And so so I think about that often, you know, it's like a really sweet moment, but it happened at the beer garden that we sort of had a first picture of who our daughter would become. Yeah,
2: that is such a cool moment. I love that. (laughs) And actually the way you reflect on it is maybe even better than it was even at the moment, right?
1: Probably would have come out some other way at some other time, but it just happened to be at the beer garden and we like looked at each other like, that's our kid? Who is our kid? What? She's become a new person, you know, like, or we were just recognizing who she really was.
0: Well, that is an awesome story. I love it. I love it. Erin, I actually had one more rapid fire question for you that came in from a, from a listener. And then one question that I thought I'd get your opinion on that came in from a listener. Um, the rapid fire question was, what is your favorite non-Caribbean itinerary?
1: We did the the northern the Baltic, the one that went to Russia. That was really cool. And I'm, you know, I wonder if geopolitical climate will make that continuing to be able to be a thing. But I was really glad that we did it when we when we had the opportunity to do so. Um yeah, that that was that was incredible. I like cold weather. I'm not like I'm not the huge hot weather person. I mean, obviously I go on a lot of Caribbean cruises. I'm here in Florida right now, but yeah, I love I love Alaska and I love the northern European stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've heard cruising uh, to see Russia is a great way to go, especially because of all the visas and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, And then the non-rapid-fire question was just, I know we were talking at the top of the show about your experience with uh, Adventures by Disney, and you mentioned doing some embeds. And our, our listener wanted to get your opinion on whether it was worth the cost to do the ABD embed versus just scheduling your own tours. Did you, did you find a lot of value out of the ABD embeds that you've done? For context for our listeners, so uh, you can you can do Adventures by Disney tours that are embedded within a Disney Cruise Line cruise. And so it's like a cruise within a cruise where ABD is going to take care of doing the shore excursion aspects and do some things on board for you, but you're paying ABD in addition to the Disney Cruise Line cruise. And so, Aaron, folks just were interested in getting your opinion on whether those were worth it from your standpoint.
1: From my standpoint, yes. In that what happens is that they... Instead of you looking at the the menu of dozens of shore excursions and picking piecemeal for, you know, you want to do this, you want to do this, ABD looks at it and says, these are the best of the best. Or these are the most quintessential or emblematic of a particular location. And so they choose those and, and you don't have to spend a lot of time thinking, you know, oh, is that one better than that one? They just wrap it all up. These are the best ones and they put them into one package for you. Disney trained people like the the guides that we've had have either been in entertainment or guest services, you know, during the non uh, cruising part of the, of the year in that particular area. And so they have the Disney connections and the Disney service. So when you go on the shore excursion, they're with you in addition to whatever local guide there is. And so they're paving the way, making sure that, um, you know, they know where the clean bathrooms are and that you have a hand sanitizer and, and a fan and, duct tape if something gets broken and they will hold the ship for you for a few minutes longer than some other excursions. So it's, it makes everything easier. Now, if you have certain excursions that you want to do that are not part of the ABD, or if you have a lot of excursions that you very much want to do that are not part of the the ABD embed, then of course it's not worth it for you. You know, a friend of mine says, you check your mind at the door. You don't want to think about it. You just want somebody else. You're a busy person and you want to, have it all handled for you, then it's an incredible thing. And they take amazing care of you.
0: Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your thoughts about The Wish with us. Do you want to let folks know how they can connect with you and hopefully pick up maybe next year's unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line, which will I, I assume will have to include something about The Wish in it. But uh, how can folks connect with you, Aaron?
1: I'm personally on Twitter at Ms. Erin Foster and I write for the blog at touringplans.com all the time. Those are, you know, how you can get me on a day-to-day basis. And then we are starting, you we know, got we skipped, we had to skip on so unfortunately, the 2021 unofficial guide to Disney Cruise line. But we are now working on a plan for the twenty twenty two book. And hopefully the cruising will start back up maybe, you know, in the middle of the summer, we hope. And then so we're, we're going to get on some of the early ones to see how they're doing with COVID procedures back on back on the ships soon, we hope. And um, we're going to really dive into the wish and start interviewing people and start digging into details and all that sort of thing. So yes, hopefully we're, we're very much planning to have a 22 2022 edition of the book. And uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Touring Plans. I
0: know our family has a 2021 unofficial Disney Cruise Line guide hole in our heart this year and also in our <laughs> Castaway Club status. Uh, and, and, on, so, on right? and on our
2: bookshelf. on our bookshelf.
0: And it certainly impacted Castaway Club for us. But we are excited for next year as we love the guide and we can't wait to get our hands on it. And we certainly can't wait to hear your thoughts, uh, Aaron, after you've sailed on The Wish uh, and some of your impressions. So we'll have to have you back after that. But thank you so much for coming on this evening. It's been a pleasure as always.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. I'm happy to see you guys.
2: to catch up with Erin Foster. She's an expert on all things Disney Cruise Line and I know that she wants to sail on the wish one of our new five star reviews on the air. This review comes from STL Transplant and STL Transplant says all good fun. This podcast is so fun. They cover cruising, parks, different types of vacationers and do it all with good humor and excellent information. Thank you so much, STL Transplant. We really enjoy getting new reviews and new listeners. Much thanks to all of our listeners for keeping with us week after week. If you haven't done so, please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making the podcast more visible as evidenced by all the great reviews listeners have left recently, catapulting us up to the top four Disney Cruise Line podcasts on Apple Podcasts. If you want to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. Or you can can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group. If you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded fans and cruisers, just like yourself, you can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content or become a supporter of the show by browsing to patreon.com slash DCL Duo. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night!